This is the Reclaiming Families podcast. It is our goal to expose the lies that undermine, erode, and destroy the family while discovering and reclaiming God's design for gender, marriage, family, and sexuality. So join us for open conversation about the struggles and joys of reclaiming families. Welcome back to another episode and the last episode of this season. Of Reclaiming Families. Of Reclaiming Families. So we'll be back next season, but... Uh, Starting the first week of January. Yep. and uh, But it is a... We're excited that we've put out as many podcasts that we have. And yeah. if you haven't listened to them, go back and... And it's listen your chance to, them. to catch up before we start putting some more out. That's right. That's right. And we're excited for what the new year holds, and we're excited for this Advent season. Yeah. Um, but some before we get started too deep into Advent, we want to talk about um, if you haven't followed us yet on Facebook or Instagram, you can follow us there to see what we're doing. You can check us out on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, is what he means. That's right, Apple Podcasts. Yeah. But uh, you can also, you know that if you're listening to this podcast. Yeah. But uh, please rate and review us. And so other people can find this podcast. That would be awesome. Um, and so, yeah, it's been a good first season. We're pretty excited. Yeah. We wanted to wrap it up with a discussion Advent. of Advent. Yeah. Yep. So this Sunday, if you're listening on Monday, it was yesterday. Is the first season of Advent. We hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving in that you were able to give, <coughs> excuse me, give thanks to the Lord for all that He has done and is doing in your life. And then that now, as you move forward and start to look towards Christmas, we do want Advent to be a sweet time of worship and building memories for your family. And so we wanted to talk a little bit today about how we are doing that as a family and kind of um, the goals of Advent, what we want to instill, and just some of the basics of the Advent season and how families can do Advent well. Yeah, and so, uh, so I mean... Just, you know, starting out with the goal of Advent, kind of our family's goal of Advent is to have a lot of fun. Yep. It is to make some memories. Yep. And it is to lay a spiritual foundation that is pointing toward the second Advent, the second coming of Christ. Yeah. And so Advent really is, in my mind, about building expectation. Like when I think about Advent, I think about so many times in my life where I have had to wait. You know, I think about singleness or I think about pregnancy. Um, and gosh, there's a ton of other times that I've had to wait. Those are probably just the two where it's like I really feel the weight of waiting. Um, but all like waiting, it always builds anticipation. It always builds expectation um, just think about, you know, a pregnant woman and as they get nearer and nearer to, the, to their due date and the excitement that comes, the nerves that comes, but, but the joy that comes in welcoming a new baby just to give a picture. And Advent, I, I feel like that is just a very, very dim glimpse into what Advent can be for us. You know, Jesus came and he walked this earth among broken people and then he promises that he's coming again. And so as we look back and see that God has already fulfilled the promise to us, it is so great. We can look expectantly 
for him to come again. And so I think that's the kind of, I don't know, the vibes, I guess, that we want to build when it comes to the Advent season. I want it to feel like Christ in a way, like how it does when you're nearing the end of a pregnancy or you're nearing the end of the engagement period and like the wedding's about to happen or the baby's about to be born and it's just so much excitement, so much joy. And if we were to look to Christ's coming in the way that we look, like let those things point us to how we should wait for Christ's coming, it would just be sweet. Yeah, and I think it's a it's a wild thing to think about. Like how do we make waiting um how do we put expectation into the season and, and wait well, you know, and yeah. it's a, uh, yeah, I think as you know, in America, I'm just not, I don't want to wait. You know, I want it now, but it's actually so good to slow down and to go through the period of waiting and, and Advent and, and the emotions that come with waiting and waiting and waiting. And then finally getting the thing that you want, the getting the thing that you dreamed for. That's right. That's right. That's right. The thing you've been hoping for. So it's, uh, yeah, we kind of wrote down. So Advent has, if you don't know, they have, you know, it's been celebrated for years and years and years. About, I don't know, probably about 300 years after Jesus died. So the, the very early church, they didn't celebrate Advent. But I think somewhere along the line, somebody said. Someone picked up on it and said, good thing to celebrate. Let's celebrate Jesus' birth. Yeah, and so uh, and so the church began to. But the church also has, there's four candles that represent Advent. And a lot of churches... Methodist churches, I don't know about Presbyterian churches, but some of your not higher class churches, but higher, I don't know if it's... Fancier churches, liturgy-ish yeah, churches. Yeah, more liturgy. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And so um, they would do, they would light these four candles. And I grew up in a Methodist church where we lit these four candles. And uh, I really do love it. Like, I, I love those... Uh, those Advent Sundays. The meaning behind the Yeah, they're really the good. Symbol. And so the four candles are hope, faith, joy, and peace. So that's kind of what we want to instill and think about where, where we want our focus to be during the Advent season, right? Yeah, yeah. Th- that's what we want to instill. And the question is like, how do we instill? And we'll get into that later. But yeah. it's like, okay, th- this is what we want to, this is what we want our little our children to know. And what we want our hearts to be on because yeah, it's so right. easy. I mean, so easy to, well, when you're younger, it's easy to only think about the presence and that sort of thing. But I feel like as I've gotten older, it's easy just to put it off my radar completely. And then all of a sudden it's Christmas week and then you do the things that you've always done and you move on with your life. So it really is kind of a having to stop and refocus yourself on the things that you want to be focused on. And we're saying the things we want to be focused on in this season, hope, faith, joy, and peace. Absolutely right. And so, yeah, this is the first one. Just explain them if we don't maybe have a great understanding. But uh, the first one is hope. And so it's kind of like the anticipation that Christ was promised to come in Isaiah 9. 700 years before he did come. And it was this promise, and then the, the Israelites were hopeful, looking forward to this king, this Messiah that would come. And uh, they were just eager, and they were waiting, and they were hopeful. Even though it was a long time, it was a, it was a good delay. Um, they were hopeful, hopeful. 
And us now, Jesus promised that he's coming back again. And there's going to be a second advent, second coming. Yeah. And we're called to be hopeful, to stay awake, and to live in light of the fact that Jesus is coming back. And he's coming back to make all things new. Yeah. And we get to wait for that in confidence, which brings us to the next point yeah. of faith. We can have faith. We can be certain that what Jesus or what God promised will come to fruition. I mean, I mean, what you just said, you know, 700 years before Jesus ever came, it was promised that he would be given to, you know, wonderful counselor, prince of peace, mighty God, everlasting father, that he would be given to us and then... 700 years later, the promise was fulfilled. And if that promise was fulfilled, and I mean, I don't even know how many prophecies of God's word that were fulfilled in that, but if that really did happen, then we can look forward in full faith that God has, um, that God has already been so gracious to us and we can walk by faith that he will continue to to be faithful. He will continue to fulfill his promises and he's going to do what he said and he is going to come again. Real quick side note, just for anyone um, who might not know, the word Advent simply means coming. And so when we talk about the first Advent, we talk about Jesus coming to earth um, for the first time. We talk about the second Advent. We talk about when he, his return to save the church. So might have known that, might not have, but yeah, probably should have said that at the beginning. And so, but right back, I think the you know, the the famous line that I love to think about is that faith is just it's simply trusting God's faithfulness. Yeah. And uh, and it's such a wild thing that I'm not having faith in something not promised. No, no, I'm I'm trusting, taking God's word on what He has promised. And so when people say I have faith, you know, it's like, well. It might be just wishful thinking, but if God has promised it, then it will happen. And uh, and you can have faith in that. You can trust in that. Um, so, yeah. it's uh, So that's the second thing we want to instill. The third is joy. Yeah. And just the joy of being delivered, of, of being able to say, you know, of a new identity. I once was lost. I once was covered in sin and, and had no way out, was foolish, disobedient, led astray, all the things that God's word says about us without Christ. But because Jesus came, I have been delivered. I'm out of brokenness and what joy it is to live a life that no longer has to be satisfied by the things of the world that don't, that simply they, they don't satisfy. We the constant search for significance, the search for satisfaction and, and the things that, that do not last, but the joy it comes when we are found in Christ, when we're delivered out of brokenness, when we are fully loved and fully accepted, when we're righteous in God's sight, there's just a, a joy in knowing God. Yeah. Yeah. I just think of like, uh, you know, uh, man personality comes to is is a Shaolin song and just being a, stuck in the mud you know and making stick in the mud or or just or just being like oh. he's got a song about mud people 
and uh, Penelope Judd, I think, was you know lived in the mud, and uh, but yeah, so it, it's just like you live in this filthy world. It's lost, and or it's just broken. It's a broken world. Think of it. We're broken individual. We we are hurt. And we are hurt by others, and all of a sudden, here comes a savior, who is redeeming the hearts of men and women through the gospel, and uh, and then also promising that one day, there's going to be a world with no more no more hurt, no more tears, of great joy, great pleasure great warmth of relationships and it's like wow that's the world i want to live in and it's almost too good where our hearts are unwilling to accept that that's true you know it's like i cannot i cannot let myself have that great of an expectation and it not come to pass it'll hurt too much i feel like i've got to somehow believe that this broken world is all there is but that's not what god's word lays out for us it lays out that that there is a world of great life and joy and happiness that awaits us with Christ's second coming. For his church, for his children, there is great joy. And so we want to lay that out for our family. Yeah. And then the and la- ourselves, like I said. That's true. That's good. And then the last thing is peace. Just, you know, he's the prince of peace. He comes to bring peace. And, you know, when I think of peace, I just think of anxiety, the complete opposite of peace. And if you're someone that has ever struggled with anxiety or consider yourself an anxious person, then you know that, you know, the, the anxious thoughts in your mind is is the furthest thing from rest, is the furthest thing from peace. And I think about those normal struggles on top of where we're at in the world. You know, just on my phone today, there's a new strand of coronavirus, the Omicron strand that that's coming for us, you know, and it's just like, oh my gosh, the last two years pretty much have been spent in fear of this virus. And then if it hasn't been spent in fear of the virus, it's been spent hearing or arguing with others about what the response to this thing should be. There's political unrest. There's, I mean, just in our nation alone, we are, there, there's so much unrest. There's so much division. And then we look across the world and there's things happening Across the world where it's just like, man, brokenness after brokenness, you know, thinking about what's recently happened in Afghanistan and it's continuing to happen in Afghanistan. Our world where we live is in a place of unrest. And when I think about what happens in my mind with anxiety, where my mind just starts to spin and, you know, your heart can start to race. But thinking about that on a greater scale where that is the state of our nation and the state of our world. But God's word tells us that Jesus is coming as the Prince of peace, that he has come as the Prince of peace. And when we have Christ dwelling within us, then we have peace. And just the, the basics of, you know, Philippians four, uh, you know, four through eight, really, where it's like, We can rejoice in the Lord always and always present our needs and our requests to him, praying about everything and the peace of God 
that surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so we just have this, you know, the anxiety and joy don't like they can't stand together. Anxiety and peace, they can't stand together. But Jesus comes to completely wipe out the unrest and anxiety so that we can experience the joy and peace of knowing him and living in him. Yeah, I I keep thinking of like peace is the way things should be, you know, and finally a world where it's like, you know, there shouldn't be these viruses that are killing our family members. There shouldn't be these viruses or or terrorists who are terrorizing people and and uh, there shouldn't be people or tyrants and tyranny we shouldn't have these things it's like a world at peace doesn't have those things yeah and right now when we're in this in between we're in between the two advents christ and the peace of christ allows us to live amidst it with a heart that is still at rest because we know and we trust and we have faith that god is who he says he is he has made promises he has fulfilled promises and he will continue to fulfill the promises that he's made yeah, it's wild to have a heart that's at peace. In a world that's A heart that's chaos. as it should be, loving and, and looking out toward other people and, and serving and giving and kind and, and Christ-like, hating evil. And, and it's just a, a good heart in a world of chaos. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. A Christian heart is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. God's heart is beautiful. But that's kind of those four things, hope, faith, joy, and peace, are what churches for years and years and years have celebrated in each week of advent and it's all building up the crescendo of it all is of course we want to celebrate jesus christ and so when you see those advent candles there's a lot of times four on the outside and one in the middle or a line of them and then there's one that's bigger in the middle and it always the center of it is always christ like we have to celebrate christ hope faith joy and peace does not exist apart from our Lord Jesus Christ. That's right. That's right. I think we live in a world that tries to find all those things apart from the Lordship of Christ. And yeah, it just doesn't exist. You know, we're trying to find rest in all these places, but Jesus has come to give his people rest. Yeah. And so, well, I mean, that right there is where we get a gospel focus for Christmas. That's right. And, that is without that there is no christmas like who cares about santa claus and and shopping and gift giving and none of it would even exist if there was no redemption from sin there was no christ coming to the earth among broken people that's right yeah even like i look back i think you know christmas was it was saint nicholas i think a long time ago that he snuck into some kids' house that were really poor, and he put maybe some money in some stockings that were hung over the fireplace drying, or something like that. Like that's the that's the first Santa Claus, and I think Coca Cola maybe grabbed Santa, made him jolly and fat, and and uh, but it was a real man, Saint Nicholas. But what what grips Saint Nicholas's heart to love those who are less fortunate than himself? Those t- like he. He wanted to give, and he wanted to give of his money and his resources for other people. And uh, it was the gospel. It was Jesus himself who he had— He empowered him to do it. Yeah, empowered his heart to give. And and uh, so, yeah, it's uh, there is no Christmas apart from Christ. It just—it does, it doesn't exist. Yeah. 
And so a few little parts that we think is important that we want to instill to our kids, but we also want our own hearts to be on is a few little questions. You know, why did Jesus have to come and why do we celebrate Christmas? And just really focusing in on those two things. Why did Jesus have to come? He had to come because we're in desperate need of him. Like, Our sin has separated us from the God who created us. In our sinfulness, we are deserving of hell and cannot stand in the presence of God. Like to really think about the weight of the gospel in relation to Christmas, in relation to these fun traditions that we have, but to really be able to remember Jesus had to come to earth to restore his people to himself. Yeah, we were reading the Advent a little bit, and it was John Piper's Advent. It said, you know, Christmas is first an indictment against sinful people. Hmm. And, uh, and like, that's where actually the Bible finds us. It, it doesn't, you know, cherry coat or say, oh, yeah, you're okay. It says, no, you, you are an ungodly individual. Everybody is. We all are. Not one person on this planet is a godly individual in the sense where they have never disobeyed God. And they've always had, you know, we've always had some stain of ungodliness, even in our best moments. And so when you start thinking about it, and and then you start realizing that God is a holy God who tolerates no darkness. He tolerates no ungodliness. And then you find that, man, God cannot tolerate me in my sin i'm in trouble and it's not just that he says oh i wish i could be with you but i i choose not to or i can't but it's a no no no. i despise your your wickedness i despise your sin i'm holy and you cannot stand with me in your state yeah it's like i i choose to be against sin because i love what is good and right anybody who loves what's right and good they hate what comes to destroy what's right and good. And, and that's what ungodliness does. It destroys what's right and what's good and the way things should be. It takes away the peace. But God says, He also, or His heart, which is so incredible, is that God's heart is not just for the destruction of sin. God is out to destroy sin, but God is also making a way for people to be redeemed and for God to root sin out of people's lives apart from their destruction. And that's where we get the gospel is that Jesus comes to rescue these ungodly people, you and I, by living a perfect life of law keeping, of keeping God's commands. And then he takes his perfect record. He dies on the cross of Calvary and he takes on our sin and is punished for our ungodliness and then he raises from the dead and he takes his perfect record of righteousness and by his holy spirit he brings us to life and he puts our his perfect record of righteousness and he clothes us in it by his holy spirit and all of a sudden we can stand before god not with our own perfect record but a perfect record that jesus has accomplished and then as god's children god no longer is out to destroy us, but he's out to redeem us. Good. And uh, and so, yeah, it's a, we need 
Christmas. And yeah, and, and that, you know, the second question, why do we celebrate Christmas? It's exactly that. Christmas is our rescue. It's our rescue out of darkness and into light. That's exactly right. And what a sweet thing to celebrate. Like, I mean, when we have that view of Christmas, it changes everything about how we celebrate Christmas. I'd say. Yeah, you know? I'd say it gives meaning to it. You know, it's like, it isn't just, it's like, yeah, we're giving gifts, but we're giving gifts to show our children that, that what a great gift Jesus was yeah. to the world. And, and also we want them to know like how to receive a gift because the gospel isn't something that, you know, like you have to receive, you have to have a heart that is open and like the eyes of your heart have to be open to receive the gift of Christ. Like in your pride, prideful people don't receive gifts, right? We 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 receive gifts because oh, I got you one too, of equal value, right? <laughs> it's like, but when you get a gift, really the best gifts are the gifts where it's like, hey, I got you a gift, and you didn't get me a gift. But yet when the person says they, yeah, if if they were to realize, hey, you didn't get me a gift, and they got sad, it's like, well, they didn't really want to give that gift as a gift. They were looking for a gift. Right. But when you give a gift, you're like, hey, look, no, I just want to give it to you with nothing in return. And actually, I'm even happy that I'm getting nothing in return because it is truly a gift. And uh, and but it takes a humble person to receive that and it takes some humility to receive that Jesus is righteousness is your righteousness. And you're not going to stand in your own righteousness. You're not going to stand in what you've done, your good works, you think. You're going to have to stand on Jesus' righteousness and trust Him. And that's where faith comes in. Jesus promised to save, and, and He will be true to His word. But He's promising to save based on His righteousness and not your own. It takes some humility. Yeah. And so that kind of moves us into, you know, we just thought it'd be maybe helpful if we shared with you guys how we plan to celebrate Advent. And there are things that, um, you know, that might be like, that doesn't sound very spiritual. And it's it's not. <laughs> it's not spiritual at all. Um, but at the same time, the goal of our Advent is to build Christ-centered tradition. So even though something on the outside might be like, what does that have to do? There's always going to be some underspinning of, yeah. uh, of right. you know, the gospel in it. And so we want Christmas to be a time that our family looks forward to for fun. But at the same time, really understands the meaning that Christ has come and he will come again. So the first thing that we're doing, um, we've only done one night of it so far because tonight's (laughs) the first night of Advent. So we don't know a ton about it is an Advent devotional put out by New Growth Press called Prepare Him Room by Marty Malchowski. Um, And just a side note. We recommend so many of New Growth Press's. Um, They have like a series about the gospel for kids or something like that. Um, and, and they also have good news for little hearts. And we, if you go onto our Instagram, you can see hope, miss hope on there. And she is, um, pretty much all of our first story time Saturdays was a book from new growth press, um, that we, we recommend for you to go through with your kids. But anyways, that's a side note. We're doing prepare him room. Marty Machowski wrote that. And it's a book that's full of, Quick little devotionals, songs, activities. Um, so we're lighting the Advent candles. We're going through scriptures with each of those themes. Hope, faith, joy, and peace. 
and we're singing songs about them, um, drawing pictures, you know, our little one and uh, the family we had over today, their little one doesn't really yeah, they're can't so color yet, right. but right. you know, it's still just the, I think tomorrow or not tomorrow night, but sometime this week we're gonna be stringing popcorn. And so there's a lot of fun activities mixed in with it. There's stories in it and there's scriptures, worship. That's right. And you know, it's, I, I love traditions. Yeah. I'm a traditionalist guy. Like I've, I love to traditions, but I love to know why I'm doing those traditions because it puts me in in step with people who've lived long ago and done the exact same thing and worship God the same way with the same thoughts and and it's just it's just very powerful to me to be able to connect my faith to the past and so um, so this Advent devotional you know it's it starts off where you make you know this Advent candle setup where you have Three purple candles, one pink candle, and a white candle. In the middle. In the middle. And so it's pretty simple. You can really do it with styrofoam, or you can just do it with a piece of wood and a three-quarter inch drill bit, and you can just zap some That's holes in it and uh, and put some garland around it, and boom, you got your advent candle. Our candles look a lot cooler than the candles that the book instructed you to make because... Because yeah. we zapped them in a piece of wood. Randy right. zapped them. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, but the thing is, first, like this is the first year where we've... Made them. We went and bought the candles at Hobby Lobby for a dollar a piece or two bucks a piece or whatever, and and uh, but we made it because actually we, out of a centerpiece from our wedding. That's right. I don't know if that makes it more special or if it's just what we had laying around, but yeah, that's right. So it does look good, but it's a it's a purposeful um, centerpiece on our table that is um, helping us remember, think through Advent. Yeah, yep, think remember through, Christ. Yep. So, like I said, yeah, this book, Prepare My Room, we're excited about it. We like it. Um, and real quick, one other thing about it. It's for four weeks, so it's every week of Advent, and then three days per week. So it's not something that you're doing every day, um, but, and we understand it's hard to remember to do it every single day, but it is three days a week. So there's 13, I know, three plus, or three times 12 is, three times four is 12. So that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, but there's 13 in it, so it it you know leads up to a bigger Christmas Day celebration. So this is something intentional, Christ-centered that you can be doing through the first four or the whole four weeks of Advent. Yeah, and I think the Advent Day, like Sundays, where you're lighting those candles, uh, they also have some songs in there. You look up and and you can and you can sing them. together, and it's like a worship night with your family of prayer and singing some songs. And I have to believe that. Yeah, right now our little girl is, you know, she she likes to say the word pray and and she likes to say amen at the end of it, but she doesn't really have a great concept, but she's learning. Um, but one day, you know, it'll be a hey, this is a I think a memorable time where my family gets together and has a worship night. And I think it's Christmas. already like learning, like it's already setting the stage to be memorable. Like it's still, I mean, it's not memorable and it's until like she's going to remember it, but it's still a fun thing for her to sit in the floor with crayons and scribble all over a page or, or something like that, even though she doesn't know what we're doing. So it's still a good time for us as a family, even though she doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. And it's good for our hearts. It's good for our hearts. It's really good for our hearts. So that's on the intentional side. And then we have a few other things that we do just to build like family fun family warmth and you know 
Jesus is definitely in the midst of these things, um, conversation wise and stuff like that, but it's not, you know, a worship night or anything. And the, the first is we do one of these each weekend or our plan is to do one each weekend. Uh, the first weekend we have our third annual gingerbread house competition, um, and that's just exactly what it sounds like. It's a gingerbread house competition. So our families come over and we're on teams, um, and we make a gingerbread house and then we have somebody judge it and say who the winner is. Last year, Randy's parents won and there's a traveling trophy involved now. And so it's kind of just a fun yeah, tradition funny. that we've started. This will be the third year in a row that we've done that. And we do it because we value our family. We value those relationships. And and God has given us these relationships. He put us in the families that we're in. And, uh, yeah, we are, you know, we want to spend some time, have some fun together. Yeah, and it's been fun because it's like, you know, other than me and Randy getting married, like our parents had no reason to be friends. Now they have us in common. They have grandbabies in common and things like that. But it's just a, still a fun time where it's something to connect over. There's like... And divide over, too. And divide. Yeah, there's like smack know? talk throughout yeah, the year that's right, that's right. about the gingerbread. It's something that has been being thought about all year long. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, it's kind of funny. <laughs> um, but no, the, yeah, you're right. As far as family fun goes, I think it's, it's really good. Yeah. And then lights. We'll drive and go see some Christmas lights. Yeah, that'll be the next weekend. Yep. That's nothing really fancy or nothing really much to say about that other than that we want to do it. Yep, that's right. And then cookies. We want to decorate cookies one weekend. And... This um this is one I think my wife just threw on the list, but I'm I'm glad it's on there. No, I have. And I really hope we have spoken made. about it, and there's not going to be spritz cookies made. Oh, it's going to be sugar cookies with people decorating and sprinkles. That still sounds good to me. <laughs> I didn't know cookies what... are a tough place. They can be very divisive, you know. When you throw in different types of cookies, different people making cookies. I want gluten free, dairy free, chocolate chip cookies. Randy. I'm not going to say anything. (laughs) So to keep it generic, we're going to do sugar cookies because that's what people decorate. Mm -hmm. And you know what's funny is like Ellie can't eat. We don't really let her eat sugar yet, but I think it'll still be fun to decorate cookies. We can take them to people. That's right. That's right. Anyways. Um, Or this book, this Advent Preparing Room says, take cookies to the best house with the best lights. Maybe you we'll know, do and that. so kind of reward them like for all good lights. But I don't know if I'd want to eat you know cookies from a stranger. But you know, I might feel like somebody's trying to get me for my best light show and bring down you know. The book from... was also written pre-COVID, so yeah, that makes sense. Anyways, and then the last thing, I'm excited about it, and then I got this idea from this podcast called The Art of Manliness, and it's called maybe it's I forget, I'm gonna butcher it, but. Hoogula, Hoogie, Hoogie, I don't know what it is, but... I'm a little... It's basically eh. maybe in in maybe Norway or Sweden or somewhere um, over in Scandinavia that they... Um, it's the art of creating a warm home, a warm environment. So picture like uh, no power, right? Fireplace, light coming out of the fireplace, candles lit... Um, maybe some music in the background. I don't know, but it's this art of creating a warm, homey, memorable space. And it talked about, they talked about how all the memories that happen 
and your senses, what you're smelling, and and it's kind of like cookies coming out of the oven. You're getting the aroma, and it just when done well, it creates a very memorable experience. So we want to do that. Maybe turn the power off, bake some cookies, um, listen to some music in the background, play some games, and uh, have a fun game night. Yeah, I'm. We're looking forward to it. I'm a little interested to see how it goes because like candlelit and how game nights normally go in our family and my mind don't really yeah and yeah we have a one-year-old so it's kind of like a so she's probably gonna need to be in bed before we start lighting all the candles (laughs) that's right and yeah she's gonna love to touch them now she does know hot and so and she she understood uh, hot with the advent candle today she did go for it and then she said hot Hot. before she touched it that's right and so so yeah, we'll see. It's uh, but that's one I expect to get better and better and better, like a fine wine. That's our. Well. It's gonna be our first time doing that this year, yep. even though it's been talked about for two years now. That's right. That's right. And then of course Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, we're gonna do like the things that you know we do with our families, big meals and things like that, um, opening presents. But where we really want to make it special is Christmas Eve again. We want to have a worship night. Um, last year during this time, it's, it's snow. I don't know if you guys remember last year, but it snowed on Christmas and it was like a really good, it was, it was like the perfect white Christmas and it was Ellie's first Christmas and it was a perfect white yeah, Christmas. We barely made it home. It we did. Um, but anyways, one thing we didn't think about, I'm getting off track here, but the, all the snow on the car. So we're having oh, like God. a sweet moment, Christmas Eve, Ellie's in bed. We're singing songs and praying and reading scriptures about Christ coming. In the meantime, our house is flooding. Like, literally, all of the snow on our cars is melting, and the garage is flooding, and it is coming into our house. And, you know, that's a rookie mistake, but kind of like country boy never had a garage in his life never thought that hey i shouldn't pull my snow covered car also east tennessee like when does it ever snow that much it's a but if it does snow do not pull your car into the garage if it's covered in snow and especially if there's snow up underneath it there's a lot more snow on that car than you think maybe just leave it outside it i mean i don't know if it's the way our house is shaped but or like the way it leans or something, but it straight up yeah. came pouring right. in the kitchen, pouring in the living room. We took our Christmas tree down before, like we had to take our yeah. Christmas tree down. Uh, we were getting sidetracked. We're getting Anyways, sidetracked. Anyways, so that's a tradition that we like, not the flooding part, but the worship time. And then waking up Christmas morning, having a, a you know big breakfast. And again, well, this year we'll probably, there's the prepare him room Christmas day devotional. That we'll do together, and it, again, leads you through some scriptures and um, prayer direction, worship songs, and so. So we say all that to kind of, uh, really, too, also to challenge, you know, um, think about how do you, what do you want to instill in your children this Christmas season? Or in your own hearts. In your own heart, and how are you going to do it? And I think it's like if you put some thought into it, because, like, you know, this is not perfect. It's not going to accomplish everything we want. But I think it's a place to start for us in our own hearts and for our family. It's something that we've thought intentionally behind. Yeah, and I, don't, I don't think we're going to regret it. Looking yeah. back, it's like we, we're we not going to regret it. And so um, it's worth the intentionality of thinking about it. And so if you have nothing planned, yeah, maybe I'll just challenge you to plan a few things. Think about a few things and, 
and pull the trigger on a few things and your family's going to be better off for it. Yeah, so so good. So, so is your own heart. And we really do hope that you guys have an Advent season that is building expectation, building excitement to the coming of Christ again. Um, and like we said, we're going to take a break during the Advent season, so we will catch you guys back um, at the beginning of January. So we really do hope you have a sweet Advent season, a very, very Merry Christmas and a happy new year. Yep. Merry Christmas. Take care. Thank you for listening to Reclaiming Families. Check us out at reclaimingfamilies.org where you can find our latest podcasts, blogs, news, and events. We look forward to seeing you all next time.